Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen. Working together. We're ready. Ready to work. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. Aloha. I'm Lynn Kawano with the other side of paradise. Spies in Kapolei. That's according to the federal government. Prosecutors say Walter Primrose lived for 30 years as Bobby Edward Fort, even having a career in the Coast Guard using the name he allegedly stole from a dead baby in Texas decades ago. His wife, Gwen Morrison, who insists her real name is Julie Montagu, is also charged. It's a fascinating case that has gotten worldwide attention. My client wants everyone to know that she is not a spy. Primrose and Morrison are charged with identity theft, conspiring to commit crimes against the U.S. and lying to get a passport. The couple's home on Oahu's leeward side was raided in July by the FBI and the State Department's Diplomatic Security Service. DSS was in charge of the case, and sources say they had been investigating the couple for more than a year. large Department of Defense footprint in Hawaii, the idea of spies being there was always a big concern. Tom Simon, a retired FBI agent, worked in the Honolulu office. They interacted with their neighbors, which usually you don't see, right, with spies, but they they seem to be friendly and, and they went to work. If these are spies or assets for spies, they're very well trained. The idea that they were able to fully assimilate into Hawaii society, interact with their neighbors, and just be generally nice people, as opposed to being standoffish and suspicious, is good training. Could it be that they're just fascinated by this? Because the government did say that conversations, they were fascinated by um, the FBI. After they arrested them, they put them in a room by themselves in the FBI building. And of course, they're being recorded. And some of the things they spoke about had to do with espionage. That, that leads me to wonder, are they really as well-trained or are they just obsessed with Russian, you know, and, and spies and espionage? The problem with a case like this so early in the information, we don't know what we don't know here in the public. And so it's entirely possible that these are just a couple of goofballs who are fascinated with the world of spy and intelligence, but it's also possible that they're a real national security threat. We'll find out as this case unfolds. It makes you wonder, right? It makes you sound like, oh, they're super good at what they do. But then why wouldn't they know that they're being recorded if the FBI leaves you in a room alone? I think no one can underestimate the amount of pressure that a defendant will feel when they're in the FBI building with a handcuff to a wall. And so I, we use that opportunity to see maybe people slip and forget their training, particularly as intelligence officers, and do something that's going to give us evidence that we can later use in court against them. I'm familiar with counter-questioning training and the idea is that you say nothing and ask for your embassy. Now they're in a rock and a hard place, right? Because they're claiming to be American citizens. And so they're being arrested by ostensibly their own nation. The government did say they found in their home 
military uh, maps of military facilities, which sometimes, right, I can go get a map of Pearl Harbor, right? Yeah. I mean, um, maps of military facilities, um, invisible ink, which I mean, my kids play with, right? Yeah. Um, but also coded messages. How concerned is this versus they're just playing spies? Well, the use of invisible ink seems rather archaic given the technology today and encryption, but who knows, you know, these people allegedly have been doing this for a long time. As far as, um, you know, obviously maps of military installations very serious. We just don't know if these are publicly available maps or maps where, uh, which have, you know, weapon positions or troop housing and things that might be of interest to the Russians. As far as coded messages go, it's really difficult to know just based on that alone what we're talking about. But obviously it's nothing that, that adds to the idea that these people are just innocent citizens who like to play dress up as KGB officers at family parties. The government's court filings included pictures of each in what appears to be a KGB outfit. That outfit has since been turned in by a witness. The witness said the pictures were taken in the 90s, and sources say the uniform appears to be authentic. Here's what Megan Cow, the court-appointed attorney for Gwen Morrison, said about that. She tried on a uniform that was at a friend's house one time, and they took pictures. Uh, and you can tell from the picture that it's the same uniform. Her and her husband are wearing the same uniform. And the picture's taking, taken in a home, in their friend's home. Legal experts say if the two are both spies, wouldn't they each have their own KGB uniform and not be sharing one? The government also retracted previous statements that the couple had other aliases besides their real names and the ones they lived by for the past 30 years. The case for them being spies has definitely started to lose steam. In a recent hearing, federal judge Leslie Kobayashi said she was not considering the espionage claims in her decision to deny bail for the two. So that might be the government's theory, but Judge Kobayashi was very clear. I am not accepting the KGB spy theory at all. I don't acknowledge it. I don't give it any credit. And so I'm not even considering the fact that the government has alleged that the two defendants are Russian spies. But the judge did say flight risk was an issue. Primrose and Morrison have no ties to Hawaii, even though they've lived here for more than 20 years. They own two homes on Oahu's leeward side, but the government is trying to take those homes, saying they were purchased using false information. And Judge Kobayashi was also concerned about the lack of motive behind the charges. It's not your typical identity theft case, which we all acknowledge. And the judge was clear about that. You know, in typically in an identity theft case, what the defendant is doing is stealing someone's identity to gain money, stealing someone's identity to apply for a passport because you're a convicted felon and you're not allowed to leave Hawaii. So there's always a motive or an intent to steal someone else's identity. Here, on the other hand, there's no allegation that the defendants stole other people's identities to do something, to commit a crime, to gain money, to gain assets. Retired federal public defender Alexander Silvert said he agreed with the judge's decision to detain the two. 
given the allegations that they've been living under false identity, they clearly have the means and the ability to live under a false identity without a home to reside in, without people coming forward in the community, they posed a flight risk, which are all very legitimate findings under these sets of circumstances. It was a win for the government because they were detained, but it's also a win for the defense because the court has now taken off the table the issue of whether there are Russian spies for at least detention issues. Retired agent Tom Simon says the feds must have a solid case to have moved forward. But the FBI counterintelligence agents are very smart and very thorough. They are not going to make a case with this impact based on someone playing dress up at a party. They got the goods on these people. Prosecutors recently revealed in court documents the two were snapping their fingers and making sounds trying to drown out their words while they were in a room together, alone but handcuffed in the FBI building. Transcripts show the two were concerned about safes recovered during the search of their home, that the agents would find contacts of a woman named Carol and other people. Morrison told her husband, we have the protocols, according to the records. It makes you wonder, right? It makes you sound like, oh, they're super good at what they do. But then why wouldn't they know that they're being recorded if the FBI leaves you in a room alone? I think no one can underestimate the amount of pressure that a defendant will feel when they're in the FBI building with a handcuff to a wall. And so I, we use that opportunity to see maybe people slip and forget their training, particularly as intelligence officers, and do something that's going to give us evidence that we can later use in court against them. Another exhibit admitted into evidence, a part of Morrison's journal entry that reads, 12 things I would take with me if I had to flee my present life again. It included her four guinea pigs and the supplies for them. Multiple sources tell me federal agents were tracking them for a long period of time. When the FBI identifies a foreign intelligence agent, they just don't go out and arrest them tomorrow. They monitor them, they follow them, they listen to their phone calls to find out what information they're stealing and who they're providing that to. I think it's possible that something happened in the past under their previous identities that would have prevented the man from obtaining a top secret security clearance with the Coast Guard, which led to the identity theft so we could have a clean slate and the ability to steal secrets. Due to the large Department of Defense footprint in Hawaii, the idea of spies being there was always a big concern, but we were really always worried about spies from Asia, less so Russia. In 2020, Alexander Yukching Ma, a CIA agent and contractor for the FBI, was arrested in Honolulu and charged for allegedly selling state secrets to China. The government says Ma transferred documents about a guided missile system and used a digital camera to photograph classified documents. That case is still ongoing. In 2013, Edward Snowden, former NSA employee and contractor, also made international headlines after leaking highly classified information while he lived in Honolulu. You were at the FBI here when, when the whole Snowden case came down as well. It's, you know, is this something that we just don't really know? There's so many spies here among us. 
Having worked as an FBI agent in Hawaii for seven years, there's really a divide between the military and intelligence community and all that they're doing there and the local community. There's certainly overlap between the two, but your average person working in Waikiki, for example, just may not be aware of what the NSA or the military is doing on a base. The idea of two spies living in the US undercover for 40 years stealing secrets with one of them obtaining a top secret security clearance as both a contractor and a Coast Guard officer is absolutely unthinkable. Yes, this is a very big deal. The Coast Guard has now suspended Primrose's retirement pay. In a letter entered into the court records, the Coast Guard addresses him as Chief Petty Officer Bobby Fort, the name the government says he illegally used during his service. The letter says effective August 1, his benefits are suspended until a decision can be made concerning the crimes he's accused of. trial for the couple is set for September 26, but it's unlikely that will stick given it's only weeks away. That's episode 20 of The Other Side of Paradise. I'm Lynn Kawano. Mahalo for listening.